Hello everyone and welcome back to the fifth episode of Jamstem. I'm your host Neha as usual and I'm so excited to be back and discussing a brand new topic with you all. If this is your first time listening to this podcast or if you aren't very familiar with Jamstem, Jamstem is a podcast that discusses all the current events and new discoveries happening in the STEM field. I would also recommend watching our trailer to learn more about podcasts and schools, but do that after listening to this episode, of course. So in this episode, we'll talk about all the new discoveries being made around genetic engineering and a new technology called CRISPR. There are many people who argue that CRISPR is one of the most promising medical technologies in the world today. They argue this because it has the power to cure millions of people who have genetically predisposed illnesses. But as amazing as it sounds, it also, unfortunately, has a flip side. There are some serious political, ethical, and social concerns surrounding CRISPR. So today I wanted to dedicate this episode to discussing both the good and the bad sides about CRISPR. I also want to talk to you about what exactly CRISPR is and how the process exactly works. So let's dive right into the rest of the episode. First of all, what exactly is CRISPR anyways? CRISPR technology is a powerful yet simple tool that allows researchers to alter DNA sequences and modify gene function. In fact, CRISPR is shorthand for CRISPR-Cas9. So CRISPRs are basically specialized stretches of the DNA, and the protein Cas9 is an enzyme that acts like a pair of scissors and is capable of cutting the strands of DNA. So here's how the process works. Scientists start off with RNA. RNA is basically a molecule that can read genetic information in DNA. So then, RNA finds a spot in the nucleus of a cell where some editing activity should take place. If you don't know what the nucleus is, it's basically the control center of the cell where most of the genetic material is stored. So back to the process. The RNA guides the Cas9 to a specific spot on the DNA where the cut is called for. Cas9 then locks onto the double-stranded DNA and unzips it. This allows guide RNA to pair up with some region of DNA has targeted. Then Cas9 snips the DNA at this specific spot. This creates a break in both strands of the DNA molecule. The cell sensing a problem repairs the break. Fixing the break might disable a gene, which is the easiest thing to do. This repair also might fix a mistake or even insert a new gene, which on the other hand is a much more difficult process. Cells usually repair a break in their DNA by gluing the loose ends back together. That's a sloppy process. It often results in a mistake that disables some genes. This might not seem that useful, but sometimes it is really useful. Scientists can cut DNA with CRISPR and Cas9 to make gene changes, or otherwise known as mutations. By comparing cells with and without the mutations, scientists can sometimes figure out what a protein's normal role is, or sometimes a new mutation might help them understand genetic diseases. CRISPR and Cas9 can also be useful in human cells by disabling certain genes like we talked before. These certain genes, for example, can play a huge role in inherited diseases, or also known as genetic diseases. After learning about the process, you probably figured out why CRISPR is such a powerful and amazing tool. And it is. It offers high accuracy, it's easy to use, and it's really cheap. And you can apply it to many things. You can use it to create animal models for research, control invasive species, produce GMO crops that are more resistant to pests and diseases, cure diseases, and alter DNA in humans. There are many things we can achieve with CRISPR. 
For example, in 2015, scientists used CRISPR to cut the HIV virus out of living cells from patients in a lab, and in a few decades, CRISPR might cure HIV and other retroviruses. CRISPR also has the ability to defeat cancer. We can do this by using it so it edits our immune cells in order to make them better cancer hunters. We may also use this to end genetic diseases. There are thousands of genetic diseases and did you know that over 3,000 genetic diseases are caused by a single incorrect letter in your DNA? And with CRISPR, in a decade or two, we might be able to cure thousands of these diseases forever. We can also use it to remove malaria from mosquitoes. Researchers have already created mosquitoes that are resistant to the parasite that causes malaria. They use CRISPR to remove a segment of the mosquito DNA, and when mosquitoes' genetic system tried to repair the gene, it was tricked into replacing it with DNA constructed by the scientists. The altered mosquitoes passed on the resistant genes to 99% of the offsprings, even though they mated with normal mosquitoes. So it's safe to say that CRISPR has a lot to offer in this field as well. Another way we can use CRISPR is to make superplants. Humans have been improving the yield and disease resistance of crops for hundreds of years through traditional agriculture methods, but now researchers are experimenting with ways to improve disease resistance and environmental stress tolerance using CRISPR. A research team from Rochester is working from a long-term project to genetically modify wine grapes and turf grass in a way that methods can be implemented into a variety of other crops. The grapes will be edited to resist a type of grass commonly found on golf courses called creeping bent grass, and it will also be modified to resist dollar spot disease. If successful, scientists can develop a new and healthier crops to supplement the agriculture industry. Another way CRISPR can also be used is for the creation of modified humans, or otherwise known as designer babies. In a simple definition, a designer baby is an embryo that has been genetically modified for the sake of producing a child with specific traits. In some cases, unfavorable characteristics or bad traits, like take genetic diseases for example, may be removed, or favorable traits, like enhanced intelligence or strength, might be added. Adding human embryos to repair disease-causing genes is far more controversial, but one of the concern is that CRISPR occasionally targets and removes the wrong gene sometimes. One off-target event could have some serious consequences for newborns and their descendants. Due to this reason and others, in a 2017 report, the National Academy of Sciences recommended for now CRISPR and other gene editing tools may be only permitted for human clinical trials aimed for curing and preventing serious diseases, not for enhancing babies. So you probably are wondering, what are some other concerns that are surrounding CRISPR? Well, first of all, many of you listening to this episode right now might feel uncomfortable or fearful that we'll create a world where we reject non-perfect humans and that we'll pre-select features based on what our idea of what is healthy is. That's one of the ethical reasons why people shy away from CRISPR. Another one of the big concerns is that while CRISPR is relatively simple and powerful, it isn't perfect yet. Scientists have recently learned that the approach to gene editing can accidentally wipe out and rearrange large parts of the DNA in ways that might put human health in danger. This follows recent studies showing that CRISPR-edited cells can accidentally trigger cancer. That's why many scientists argue that experiments in humans are premature. 
the risks and uncertainties around CRISPR modification are extremely high. But as we continue to use CRISPR in the future, here are some questions that we need to consider. What are the unintended risks? Where do we draw the line? And how does this conflict with our morals and beliefs that we hold? Who will have access to this gene editing technology? Will this technology be equally available in all regions? And how will this gene editing technology further widen social disparities and inequalities? Well, that's all for today. And as you consider those questions, I'm going to start wrapping up this episode now. I'm hopeful that you learned exactly what CRISPR is and how it works. I'm also hopeful that you learned about the arguments for and against it. So after listening to this episode, how do you find CRISPR to be? Terrifying? Interesting? You're always welcome to comment on our blog and share your thoughts. Keep in mind that this episode is simply sharing one view and that you can always do some research on your own and find different perspectives before making up your own mind. If you liked this week's episode, please subscribe to my podcast and stay in tune for the next episode. While you're waiting, you can also check out our blog at genstem.wixsite.com slash genstem. G-E-N-S-T-E-M dot W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash G-E-S-T-E-M. And if you didn't watch our previous episodes, go feel free to go check them out also. In the first episode, we talked about tips for landing remote internships now to ace your next virtual interview. In the second episode, we talked about steps for vaccine development. And in the third episode, we talked about what dark matter and dark energy exactly are. And in the fourth episode, we talked about the impact of environmental issues on human health. And if there are any topics that you want to be discussed on GenStem, or you have any questions about the podcast, please feel free to email me at genstemblog at gmail.com, G-E-N-S-T-E-M-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. I'm open to any new ideas, and I'll try to respond to them as soon as possible. I also started an Instagram account for GenStem just recently, so I'd appreciate it if you would support us over there also. I'll post all the new updates there so you can be up to date and well informed on what's going on at GenStem. I look forward to talking to you all again next week. And as usual, in the meantime, keep learning and stay curious.